Um, so I'm super excited. I was really nervous about this message. I talked in the first service that I really struggled the last couple of days um, getting it together. Um, I still get super nervous when I come up and preach. I don't know. Maybe it's just the weight of delivering the word. If you've ever preached or ministered, there should be a weight on it. There should be a responsibility. So we have a father from the house who comes in and uh, he comes in very often. His name is Prophet Kevin Lill. And he has a saying that I want to repeat first thing this morning. And it's, I am a spirit. I live in a body and I have a soul. And so that's one of the things that we're going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about our soul and our mind and the spirit of God that lives within us and how they all work together or how they should work together. And so one of the things that's been real heavy in my heart recently is the word of God. And, you know, we have we're blessed with the word. We're able to read it. We memorize it. The question is, do we apply it to our daily lives? See, the Israelites were given manna every day when they were out in the wilderness and they were wandering. Every day they were giving bread to eat. So we have an opportunity every day to read the word, to get our daily manna, to d digest it. And then I, I don't know about you, but I taught Sunday school and I, man, I'm going to give myself props. But I was a good Sunday school teacher. Yeah. Amen. Where's my kids? I called them out in the first service. They're all gone now. But if you don't know me, I have four grown children. I have 13 grandchildren. We are a blessed family. Um, but one of the things that I did was I made sure that people memorize scripture. How many memorize scripture? Yeah. So, right. We all know a couple of scriptures. I had a spiritual son that says, mom, you want to learn the first, you want to know the first scripture I memorized? And I was like, yeah, he said, Jesus wept. I was like, that's cheating, bro. Like that verse is like that big. Go learn another one. I mean, that's good. This is the hard truth that Jeremy talks about. I'm like, seriously, go learn another one. I mean, that's good. Let me give you props and all, but go learn another one. So today we're going to talk about the word and the scripture and the Bible and how important it is to not only eat the daily bread or to memorize it, to utilize it. You know, the word is there. So when we need it to comfort us, to help us, to give us strength. But the issue that I have really heavy in my heart that I'm really concerned about, not only for me, when I come out and I deliver a message, God is working it in me that I can deliver to his people. So it's not like I'm preaching to you guys. I'm preaching to the choir too. I'm in a process. I'm walking this out. I'm learning as I go. And so one of the things that God has impressed really heavy in my heart recently is discovering and recognizing the power in the word, not just saying it, but recognizing that there's power in the word of God. That there's power when we utilize it. There's power when we apply it. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to live a powerless life. Jesus died so that we could have an abundant life. And I want to live in that abundance. See, I'm tired of the broke, busted, and disgusted days. Okay, I'm tired of them. You're talking to a former addict, former alcoholic, former girl from the hood, poverty mentality. Those days are over. So in order for me to walk in the victory that God is destined for me, I have to apply the word daily, daily. I have this saying that says we all have some stinking thinking. Am I the only one? No, I'm going to give props to my spiritual mother, Mama Colleen, that's in the house this morning. Uh, come on. She's um, she's an elder in this house. She's a pioneer. She was a women's pastor when there was, she was a pastor who was a woman when there were no women pastors. She paved the way for me to preach today. Yeah. Yes. God, she paid, God, she paved the way. 
And when I met her, I was all jacked up and messed up and had been in ministry for over 20 years. But here's the thing. I had some issues. See, I had a really hard childhood. I had an upbringing that wasn't ideal. And as a believer in Christ, I just pulled my pants up, put my belt on and let's go. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And at home, I'm breaking down. Anybody else? I was breaking down at home, fighting with my husband, fighting with my children, living a lie, basically. And so when I met mom, Colleen, I sat on her couch and I wept many days and she spoke destiny back into my life. And she made me face the hard things in my life. She made me deal with my issues. She made me deal with the abuse and the neglect and the abandonment and the poverty. She made me deal with those things in her nice, loving, gentle way. If you guys see pictures of me, I'm often ministering to people and I got my hand like this. I'm like, whatever is happening. I don't know. I'm speaking in tongues right there. But whatever is happening, I'm like this in the moment. Before I do this, she did that to me. She was like, you are better than this. You are called. You are destined. You are appointed. You are anointed. And I cried on her couch because I couldn't see it anymore. Because all the junk from the past, here's the thing. If we don't deal with that stuff, it manifests in other ways. It manifests in our behavior. It comes out of our pores in other ways. So I did real good, dude. I spoke, those of you who know me know I'm a little hood. So if I say dude or bro, like just... Just ride with it, okay? <laughs> I always tell my background, I don't know why I feel like I have to do that. Like, I'm from Southeast Dallas, which is hood. It's called Pleasant Grove. Sometimes I'm like, deuces. Like, you see me in the car, and I'm driving by you on the freeway, and I'll throw up a deuce. And then I'm like, I'm 52 years old. What am I doing? <laughs> why am I still throwing up deuces? Like, I don't understand. And I'll be like, already? What it looked like. Somebody will say, hey, Pastor Marlene. I'm like, what it looked like. And then I'm like, afterwards, I'm like, why did I say that? That's so dumb. <laughs> so I have somebody actually bought me. Anybody know Bianca Oltoff? Yeah, she's got this clothing line that says 50% hood, 50% holy. Somebody bought me that. And I don't wear it because it's not 50%. By now, it's about 10 So... Uh, there's just, it's my nature. It's who I am. It's God uses me anyway. No more excuses. I don't need excuses. It's who I am. So let's look at Hebrews four 12. We're going to start with this. So Hebrews four 12 says the word of God is alive and it's active. It's sharper than a two edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirits and the joint and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. It judges the hearts. I'm sorry. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. So you get to choose when you read the Bible every day, you get to choose if it's an antiquated book of stories or it's a sword that's alive and that's active and that penetrates to the soul. You get to choose. See, that's the beautiful thing about God is he gives us a choice. We don't walk around like robots and I must serve God and I must do this. And I the first session I did, warning, warning, Will Robinson, warning. Anybody remember that? Yeah, the whole right side was like, mm, no, we don't remember. I said, Google it. 
the beautiful thing about God is that he gives us a choice. He lets us choose whether we're going to believe that the word is alive and that it's active and that it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It is our choice. So I believe that throughout our lives as followers of Jesus, or if you're in a new walk with Christ, as a body, we forget or we're not learning that there's power and presence in the word. See, I come from an old school church. I've been serving God for like 20, 25 years. So I got some, I'm not going to lie. I got some old wine skin I'm dealing with. I got some old wine skin. I don't know about you, but that old's got to go because I need room for the new. God's doing a new thing. This is a new season. This is a new, it's the same spirit, but it's coming about in a new way. And so I get to choose every day if this is a book of stories for me. I love the Old Testament, Elijah, the prophet. I love Abraham, Isaac. One of my favorite things to say is I am a child of God, the same God of Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob. Like when I say that, there's power that comes out of there because he's the same God. He's the same God that parted the Red Sea. He's the same God that their clothes never wore out. He's the same God yesterday that he is today. We just get to choose whether we believe it or not. So the word is alive and it's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, joints or marrow. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. It's Sometimes we do things because it's what we're supposed to do. We dress a certain way because we're supposed to. We use certain words because we're supposed to. Hi, Marlene. How are you? Oh, I'm blessed, sister. I am doing good and we're falling apart. We got worry, fear and doubt. But because we're believers, because we're Christians, because we shouldn't say what's really going on. Would y'all freak out if you came to me and say, hey, Marlene, how are you? Oh, I'm full of shame, worry, fear and doubt. You'd be like, whoa, she's the associate pastor. Wow. She must be having a hard time if she's saying that. But can we be honest? Can we be truthful? Can we be transparent with one another? Whoa, that table got close. (laughs) It's like following me. So we read scripture, we memorize it, and we quote it. And of all these things are great. They're amazing. But where, where my heart lays this morning is truly grasping the significance of what lies in the word. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning, the word was God. And the word was with God in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Let's look at John one, four translation says that I did that. I sent them what I needed and I probably sent you guys the wrong thing. Sorry. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only who came from the father full of grace and full of truth. Here's a concept that I learned years ago, and it's been popping up in my mind recently. And when I talk about this scripture, when I talk about this process, it's a certain scripture that comes up and it's, it's in my heart. It's been my heart recently about the connection between science and scripture. And I'm not talking about evolution and creation. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you apply the word that it physically does something. There's substantial and literal evidence when we use and apply the word. So if you like science and you like math, then I'm going to recommend read one of Caroline Leaf's books. Okay. She's amazing. 
if you're like me and preferred history in English, then watch her on YouTube because you can rewind and go back and take notes and go back and rewind. And because for me, it takes a couple of times to get it in, but her work in this field, she's a cognitive neuroscientist. I have to say that slow because it's a big word. She's a cognitive neuroscientist. It means she's really, really smart. <laughs> the good thing is that she also loves Jesus. And she's been a Christian her whole life. So she's been able to get the science and do research and put it into action. The scripture, get the research and put it in action and have the scientific evidence to back it up. Okay, so it's not just words written on a page. It's not just antiquated story. It is alive and it is active and it is transforming. And we get to decide whether we choose to believe that or not. So she helped me understand that there's power in the word, both from a liter literal and physical standpoint. And what we think or what's in our mind plays a huge role in how we live our lives. What you think is what you live. Okay. So let's look real quick at Proverbs 23, 7. So my translation says, for as he, man or woman, thinks in his heart, his mind and his emotions, so he is. Let me say that again. For as he man or woman, thinks in his heart, his mind, and his emotions, so he is. So let's say you've been given this devastating diagnosis. Okay? Let's say that there's an issue that you're dealing with. Let's say you don't have finances to pay for your light bill. And you're walking around and you're saying, my God shall provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. You're putting that in the atmosphere. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. But after you say that, you're like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make it? I'm not going to have light. What are we going to do? You're contradicting. You're counteracting the word with what you feel. Doesn't mean it's not true. If you walk around and say, I'm horrible, I'm a loser, I'm a terrible mother, I'm a terrible daughter, gosh, I don't get anything right. Guess what? That's the life you're going to live. Yeah. You're going to be a horrible mother. You're going to be a horrible daughter. You're going to be a loser. You're not going to do anything right because in your eyes, you never will. Thank God that God doesn't see us with our eyes. Thank God that he sees us through the blends of the blood of Jesus. Thank God that Jesus died on the Christ so that... The cross. I'm like, I got a lot of coffee, guys. Thank God that Jesus died on the Christ. That's a blooper. Thank God that Jesus died on the Christ. I'm just not going to say it. Y'all know what I mean, right? Jesus died on the cross. You and I can be free, right? There's very few people that knew me before. There's very few people. And I'm going to do a shout out and I'm going to call somebody out today and they're not going to like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And it's not my hairdresser who's in the room. So don't worry, <laughs> but I want y'all to meet my ex-husband. Stand up. 
So this is Oscar Cortez Sr. He is the biological father of Oscar, Moni, and Litos. This man has seen the before and the after. He knows what a wretch I was. He remembers the drug days, the violence, the anger, the alcohol, when those were more important than my family. He knows those days, but he also sees the today. But let me tell you, I did the hard work. I didn't ignore it. I didn't pretend like those things didn't happen. For a long time, I did. And when I came under this house and I came next to Pastor David, I decided to face the issues, face the hurt, face the problem so I could truly be free. Guys, I didn't need rehab or recovery. Jesus did it. Not to down anybody that's in rehab or recovery. What you use, your process, that's between you and the Lord. From one day to the next, healed from addiction to cocaine. One day to the next, healed from marijuana. Healed from alcohol. One day to the next. But my soul was still wounded. My soul was still broken. My soul was a hurt little seven-year-old girl that had to hide when her father came home because things were violent. Guys, I hid in a closet days after days after days. That part of my soul wasn't healed. And when I decided, oh, Siri wants to talk to me. When I decided to deal with that stuff was when I really got free. When I really got healed. When I really faced the issues in my life. It's about detoxifying your mind. I'd gone around many years saying the right things, doing the right, right things. Not that I was a bad person or a bad Christian or a bad leader. Just that there's more. There's more, there's levels of growth. There's levels of freedom that are available to us. If you choose to take them, he wants us completely healed. And let me tell you why I'm so passionate about it. Let me tell you why it's a big deal to me because we have a hurt, broken world. That's looking for a real God. That's looking for real men and women to show them the way. Because if you look at our society, if you look at our culture, man, it's rough. I don't even watch the news. And sometimes I get really nervous by what I see. Our political scene. Children being killed, raped, molested more than ever. I am an anti-human trafficking advocate. I see the worst of the worst sometimes. There are people that are going to be looking for Jesus and they're going to flood this house. They're going to come looking for an answer. They're going to come looking for solutions. They're going to come looking for freedom. And it's time for us to deal with our stuff and get healed and get free. So when they come, we're ready. We can be like, oh yeah, come on. We know him. Let me show you the way. Let me show you this process. Let me show you the father that I know. Let me show you the Papa who healed and restored and set me free. Let me introduce you to him. Oh, you have that problem? I did too. Hold on, honey. God's working it out. Don't worry. Don't give up. Don't feel sad. I know it's hard, but the reality is, is God is good in the midst of everything. So there's one particular scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. 
that when I think about this topic, this is the one scripture that keeps coming up over and over and over in my spirit. And it's we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war, every thought, every thought. Let me say that again. We capture like prisoners, every thought and insist that it bow in the obedience to the anointed one. Let me tell you a word I don't hear in church very often. Obey. It's become a four letter word. I feel like we don't talk about it. We always talk about being led by the spirit. And I want to, that's amazing. Yes. Let's be led by the spirit, but to be led by the spirit, we obey the spirit. And part of that obey is doing what the word says to do in this particular scripture. I'm sitting yesterday. I was really, I don't know the, I was really struggling with the word and to bring it and, and, you know, just going back and forth with the Lord and myself. And I'm at the coffee shop and there's a couple of ladies sitting with me and we're talking and they start talking and I'm like, Ooh, bam, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what God was giving me. And yeah, that's good. Confirmation. And then I come in here and Dawn's preaching at Flourish yesterday and she starts saying stuff and it's like, boom, confirmation. Okay, that's it. Yes, yes. I'm not a morning person. Don't call me before nine or 10 o'clock because I won't answer. It'll go straight to voicemail. Somebody texted me one time. I was like, go back to bed. I'm not kidding you. They're like, hey, did you just, I was like, go to sleep. It's eight o'clock. Why are you texting me? Go back to sleep. Yesterday, the Lord woke me up at four o'clock in the morning. Today, he woke me up at five. And I'm sitting in my bedroom and I'm just spending time with the Lord. I have worship music on, soaking, I'm digesting the word. I'm putting my thoughts down and the enemy's like, this isn't it. You're missing it. This isn't it. You're, you've got, you're off on the word. And I say that to say it's at that moment that I have to make a choice. Either I'm going to let that thought sit in my head and fester. Or I'm going to say, you're a liar. I recognize you. I don't receive that. I'm taking that thought captive and I'm casting it down. And I'm going to be obedient to the spirit. And I'm going to be obedient to God, regardless of the lies that try to surface. Because let me tell you what, he's coming after us every day. Every day you are a prized possession to the Lord and our adversary knows it. You are a king and a priest in the kingdom. You are a queen and a warrior in the kingdom. And the enemy is going to come after you. He knows he's defeated. He knows. And he wants to take as many people with him as possible. And it starts right here because the battlefield is the mind. The battlefield is in the mind. If he can get you to believe who you're not, you will never believe who you are. So when that liar and the father of lies comes, you get to choose to capture it like a prisoner and say, "Mm, you got to go. 
See, I used to have this vision, not so much anymore, thank the Lord. I don't have to do it as much anymore, but I used to have this vision that when things would pop up in my head and I knew that they weren't from God, I would see myself with those old school brooms, La Scoba, guys. If you know what La Scoba is, the, the straw ones, you know, not these plastic ones, like the old school real brooms, you know, uh, y'all, some of y'all don't know, but some of y'all know. So I would get that broom and in my head, I'd have all these thoughts going around that contradicted what God was saying and who I knew that I was. And I would literally have to see myself sweep those things out of my mind. Nope, nope, nope. You know, you'd have all the dust like you see, like on cartoons or TV and all that dusk. I was like, nope, you're a lie. You're a lie. No, you can't. You cannot fester because here's the thing. In science, if you don't get that thought out of your mind within so many hours, and I don't know what it is, 24, 48 hours, it takes root. It's science, guys. It takes root. And when that thought takes root and it keeps going and keeps going, it puts out black matter, gray matter in your brain. It grows. So if you take that thought and you capture it and you cast it down, then you cast down death. You cast down life. And good fruit, good trees, good brain matter can flourish. It's scientific evidence. I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm a redeemed girl from the hood, but I got the concept. I understand it. And I know how to fight the schemes of the enemy. I know how to be purposeful and intentful with my thought patterns. So James four, seven, let me say, I've learned, I've learned how to be intentional with my thought patterns. Submit yourself then to God Resist the devil and he will flee. An active, alive word. If you submit to God, if you say, nope, I'm resisting you. God, tell me your truth. Here's the thing. When these lies pop up and you recognize them at lies, take a minute and say, God, tell me the truth about this. Give him a chance to speak to you. Turn your focus to the father. Dana Diaz, all eyes are on. Him. Oh, don't make me sing, y'all. I get that R&B going up in here. All eyes are on him. Anyway, I got lost in my own worship there. But if you turn your focus and say, God, tell me the truth about this. Give him an opportunity to speak into that area. Resist the devil. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he what? Please. He's got to go. You evicted him. He can't stay. He can't possess your mind unless we let him. He doesn't have any room unless we let him. So one of the main keys to winning the battle of the mind is to identify and acknowledge that there's an issue. Come out of denial. Be determined to deal with what's happening in our lives and our hearts and our minds. Here's the thing, guys. We can't change our circumstances. We can't change what happened to us in the past. We can't change what has happened in the past. Sometimes we can't change what's happened today. What we can decide is how we choose to respond to it. What we can decide is what we choose to believe. What we can decide is what we choose to think about. And sometimes you're like, I can't. Like it's just going, 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 going. You know, we're doing the work anyway. Our minds are running. What if we just flipped it? What if we took a minute and just be aware and conscious of what our thought life is happening or what is happening in our thought life? So one of the main keys to winning this battle is to identify and acknowledge the issue, to 
come out of denial and be determined to deal with what's happening. Another key is to make a decision to say no. I refuse to live my life this way. I refuse to live in defeat. I refuse to allow circumstances that happen in my life to determine my future. I refuse to continue with the stinking thinking. I refuse. There are days when I get up, not so much now, but before I would get up and say, enough, enough. I'm not doing it. I'm done. I'm not going there. I'm not a product of my past. I'm a promise for the future. My children are a promise for the future. My grandchildren are a promise of the future. Sometimes you have to say no. No, I'm not going there. No, you can't trick me. No, you're a liar. No, I recognize you. No, enough. I will believe the word. I will apply the word. I will listen to the word. I will eat of the word. I will activate the word in the scriptures in my mind. As we begin to apply the power behind the scriptures, then we get strengthened, we get stirred up, we get encouraged, and we become faith walkers. See, faith walkers means you don't see what's happening. It's real easy to do things when God's laying out the plan for you. A, B, C. I'm a points person. I like A, B, C, one, two, three. My, my, my message right here is very outlined. I like it. But there are times you have to step when you can't see. There are times that you have to believe when you can't see. There's a times when everything around you says opposite, but we're not a product of our circumstance. We pray, God, get me out of this. God, take it away. And God's like, I'm with you. I'm going to help you walk through this. I got you, boo. Yeah, see, that's the hood in me, boo. God's like, I'm not going to take it away, but I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And I will get you through this. How many of you remember the footprints? He carries us through this stuff. He carries us through the situations. He may not make it go away, but he's going to help us get through. So here's the thing. We come into service after service. We pass day after day. And for some reason, we get stuck on this cycle of these thought patterns That quite frankly, some of us have plagued us our whole life. I could live as a victim mentality. I could say because of my mom, because of my dad, because of the drugs, because of the alcohol. I could say whatever. See, they say alcohol and drugs ruin your mind and they fry it and they show you the egg and all that stuff. Yeah. But what I know is that the word restores and heals your mind as well. So while those things happened, this is now happening. So just like I put that joint in my mouth, just like I did that key, just like I did that line, I'm also putting this in my mouth. You understand what I'm saying? It's the same concept. Some of you don't understand because you've ever done drugs. Those of you that have done drugs know exactly what I'm talking about. Just like you did those, you can do this. It's just a different food. Ain't no high like the most high. I'm just saying. Hey, ho, hey, ho. Anyway, I'm just, you know. So James 1, 19 through 25. I'm going to get Chris to come up here and rap. Ain't no high like the most high. I think I'm a singer, guys, but I'm really not. 
So my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Issue. If you're angry all the time, if you're mad, if you're frustrated, that doesn't produce righteousness. Identify it. Get to, here's the thing. Let me tell you what the root of anger is. Fear. It's fear. And I learned that before I knew Jesus really, really well. My father was mad all the time. I mean, it was tough. And let me honor my father here real quick because I don't say this part of the story very much. And Holy Spirit's really been dealing with me. My dad got saved. My dad got healed. Before he passed away, he went to recovery. He went to rehab and he never touched alcohol again, ever. I had 10 good years with my father. He is a good man who was wrapped up in fear his whole life. So where we couldn't be in a room together because it was like, I mean, we were the same. He was like, blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Once he got healed and he got saved, we would sit at the table for hours, for hours and discuss things. I remember going to his funeral and I walked in the funeral hall and there was flowers everywhere. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even know my dad knew this many people. They were people he sponsored. We didn't even know. He never told us. He never said a word, but they all sent flowers and some of them came. And I'm telling you, the room was full. It took me aback. It really, I was like, man, I got 10 good years with him, but so did 50 other people. He gave back what was so graciously given to him. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word that is planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Apply the word to your life. And that doesn't mean just memorize it. It means make it active. Activate it. Apply it. Take capture of those thoughts. Cast them down. Be led by the spirit. Obey what God is telling you and watch and see the salvation of the Lord, guys. And it's not just a one-time salvation. Oh my gosh, my, my spirit, my soul was saved. But he's saving me again every day, every day, every day from my junk, from myself, from my past, from my pain, from, I said it, but from myself every day. Do not merely listen to the word, but also, and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says is like someone who looks in the face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, by doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Can I borrow your Bible, David? 
So here's the thing. We come to church and we have this amazing word. Pastor David's preaching or Jeremy or Lauren. And we're looking and we're seeing the word that's being given. And we're seeing ourselves through the word. And we're like, whoa, I'm pretty cool. Jesus loves me. I'm a daughter. I'm his favorite one. That's amazing. Yes, yes. And then we leave here. And then the troubles and the trials and the struggles come. And we forget who we are. And then we come back to church and we're like, oh, yes, who, 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 or whatever y'all do, ho, like whatever happens, like whatever y'all's, you know, worship thing is. But then you're looking, you're like, yes, 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 yes. And then you go back out and it's like, oh, I'm a sinner. Oh, my gosh. I'm a horrible mother. Oh, my gosh. I can't get anything right. Oh, my gosh. I'm a victim. Oh, my gosh. My, you know, nobody knows <laughs> the troubles I've seen. No, we don't, but he does. He does. So I had a conversation with a young adult. She's not here today, but I had a conversation with someone years ago, not years ago, like a couple of years ago or a year ago. And this person was in and out and in and out and in and out. And I met with them one day at a restaurant and, um, I met with them. I keep falling around everywhere here. I met with them. I'm trying to be real graceful guys. Yeah, it's hard for me. I used to pray many years ago that the Lord will refine my speech. And then for some reason I stopped praying it and God said, you are who you are. And I created that and it's good. And I'm like, okay, thank you, Lord. Anyway, that's my private story. So back to the story with the girl, I met with her. She had been in and out, in and out. Jeremy talks about me doing hard truth. I'm this type of person. I'm like, I will sit with you for two hours, but why when it can take 20 minutes? Okay. I love you. I love well. I, I love you long time, <laughs> but let's cut to the chase. Like I'm not a fluffy beat around the bush kind of person. If you want that kind of ministry, I'll refer you to someone. Um, but if the, it's true guys, I'm, why am I going to lie? Mm. If you want to cut to the chase, then come and sit down with me and I will love you, but I, I don't, let's just talk about, let's just be real. Like, let's be real. So I was talking to this young adult who I love, who was in my life and I was speaking into her life. And if you meet with me, I'll say, how much permission do I have to speak into your life? What are you looking for in my relationship? Do you want a friend? Do you want a pastor? Do you want a mentor? Do you want a disciple? What do you want? Because then that tells me where my boundaries are. And if you're like, I just want a friend. Okay, let's have coffee. Let's go to breakfast, but we won't talk deep stuff. But if you tell me I need a disciple, I need a mama, remember a mama teaches, but also corrects. Okay. So that's just, just who I am in a nutshell. Anyway. So I met with this person and they were in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. And then finally I was like, you know, the enemy is just having a field day with them. So I met with them and I said, Hey, look, this is a deal. You're on, you're like a hamster in a wheel and you're going round and round and round. And sometimes you get off and you go back and you get off and you go back. Would you stay off? Like I see the destiny in your life. You're amazing. God has great things for you. But until you get off that hamster wheel, you're never going to walk in the fullness of who you're called to be. And here's the thing. We see this and then we go back. We see the mirror and then we go back. And then we see the mirror and the stinking thinking. And we see the mirror. Get off the hamster wheel. Recognize who you are in Christ. You are sons and you are daughters of the living God. You are king and priest. You are queens and warriors. You are called for such a time as this today. 
right now, this church, this house, this city, this region. Let's go. Buckle up. Put your boots on. Ominous. I have this saying, boots on the ground. I'm a boots on the ground kind of person. So we can continue going around the cycle or we can say, you know what? I'm done. That's enough. I'm done. I'm not perfect. I have issues. This is my main issue right now that I'm dealing with. Can somebody help me? Can somebody please show me the way? Can somebody tell me how to overcome this? Can someone walk this out until I'm able to walk it out on my own? I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to be mature. I want to walk with Jesus. I, want to, I don't want to play church. I want to be the church. I want to be the church, guys. I want to be the tangible hands and feet of Jesus. When the broken and the sick and the hurt come in, that they'll find love and mercy and grace in real people. Real. The issue is not knowledge. The issue is application. We have to move beyond feeling and move into intention. When we come in here, we look at the mirror and we see our identity and the hopes and the promises. And it's all given to us by the grace of God. But we put the mirror down and we walk away. You are not your mistakes and you are not what happened to you. Guys, this is the father's heart today. You are not your mistakes and you are not what's happened to you. You are sons and daughters. And he, if you're here today, you're here for a reason. Because he knew the word that was coming out. I had someone come to me and say another man preached the same exact message on the other side of the country. They heard him this morning. That's the spirit of God releasing the message at the same time in different places. So maybe you didn't receive love. Maybe your parents didn't care for you. Maybe you didn't get nurtured. There are women in here who've been raped and abused. There are men too. And from the father's heart, can I say I'm sorry? Like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry you were hurt. I'm sorry you were wounded. I'm sorry they didn't know better. I'm sorry the enemy has had a field day. But can we say enough? Because he has such promise and destiny for you. Every single person in this room. We sang it this morning. You're his favorite one. You're his favorite one. Can we make a choice today to crown him with our love? God. Above and beyond everything, Father. There's one thing I say all the time. It's search me, God, and know me now. Search me and know me now. Because sometimes we think, oh, I'm good. I'm grown in the things of the Lord. I'm mature. But everybody else sees the struggle you're having. So can we come to a place where we say, God, oops, sorry. God, search me. Know me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing before you, God. Don't wish you could do better. Don't wish you could be better. 
Don't try to change yourself on your own. Guys, every day is a battle. There's things going on against us and our children every day. The society, guys, electronics, our kids are struggling with things we never had to. Snapchat, kick. If you're friends with me on Facebook, I got a call, a text at 2 o'clock in the morning from some dude from Moco Space trying to hook up. I was like, who's this? They said, who's this? I said, you text me. Because that's the hood. You text me. Oh, I'm your friend from Moco Space. I was like, mm, no, you're not. I said, sorry, don't have a page, but Jesus loves you. Jesus has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for you. So I was a preacher by text. But if I'm getting them, our kids are getting them too. I'm an anti-human trafficking advocate. I help girls in sex trafficking. Our youngest victim in this city is seven years old. Guys, the enemy's coming after us every day. Every day. So you can pull out your little water pistol and psh, psh, I can do all things. Psh, psh. I'm more than a conqueror. Psh, psh. Or you can take every thought captive, cast it down, exalt and be obedient, the knowledge of God, and then pull out your cannon. Ba-boom! Ba-boom! I don't know where I come up with these things, guys. It just, Holy Spirit makes me like this. I don't know about you, but I don't want to pew-pew. I want to be like, boom, yeah, guess right, sucker. You're going down. I see you. I know you. No more. No more. No more. Guys, no more. Socrates said an unexamined life is not worth living. What's the issue that we're facing? How am I reacting? What am I saying? How am I feeling? How am I responding? Self-evaluation. Yesterday in the flourish, I prayed that we would taste the words that come out of our mouth. Oh, they're either going to be sweet or bitter. How are we responding? You can quote scripture or you can deal with stuff. See, here's the thing. We have this issue and we're like, oh, I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus. And we're talking about it, but we're not doing it. And here's guys, we're tempted every day. We can be tempted to sin every day, but when we're tempted, he provides a way of escape. You get to choose. I have people that come to me and say, oh no, this happened. Did you see the way of escape? And they're like, no, he provides it. It was there. Are we intentionally choosing not to use it? How much we need God and how much we need to be honest. Everyone makes wrong decisions daily or weekly. If you don't deal with it, then it never goes away. Things that we have from our past issues, if we don't deal with them, they don't go away. Get stuffed down, hidden. I looked up the number one prescribed med in the U.S. according to medicine.net is Vicodin. The number one 2017 prescribed medication according to medicine.net is Vicodin. You know what Vicodin is? It's an opiate. It's an opioid, they said, because it's synthetic, but it's a painkiller. So instead of dealing with our junk, which is painful, instead of dealing with our stuff, we're, medic we're self-medicating because we're trying to hide the pain. Do what you got to do in the moment, but deal with the stuff. I implore you. 
as a mother in the house, coming from a mama's heart, we will help you through this. We will walk you through this. It may not be, it may not look like you want, and it may not feel good right now. Six weeks from now, six days from now, six months from now, when you're running and jumping and dancing, we're all going to be crying with you. When we feel like we're Elijah, when we're hiding in the cave, when we're isolated, find someone that's safe. Talk to them. Tell them the truth. Bring what was in the darkness into the light. And your brain chemistry starts changing at that moment. The minute you bring that dark stuff into the light, it literally begins to change your, your mind because it's not hidden anymore. And as you begin to talk about it and you begin to deal with it, then you begin to bring freedom and healing to yourself. Revelations 21.5 says, Revelation 21.5. Guys, thank you. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. His scripture says that he who is seated on the throne says, I am making everything new new not some things not a few things not a few not a couple of things he says i'm making everything new and that includes our mind if we submit to god resist the devil if we capture every thought we begin the process do not be conformed to this world but be ye transformed of the renewing of your mind the word is active it's alive it can be renewed we can renew this if we apply the word and actually start doing the stuff. And when I talk about doing the stuff, yes, we want to feed the poor. And yes, we want to help others. But I'm talking about do the stuff here. I'm talking about here. Because before you can be really, really, you can be effective out on the street. Don't get me wrong. You can be effective helping others. But here's the issue. If someone goes out with me and they want to work with human trafficking victims, I got to make sure they're healed so they don't get triggered. Okay? So I'm a healed addict. I'm not recovered. I am healed by the grace of God. So I can be around people. I was on the campus. I look at the college kids. I was on the campus the other day and I was doing a human trafficking training and all of a sudden it smelled like skunk. Those of you who know, know. Those of you who don't, there's a marijuana that smells like skunk. And so I was a former addict to marijuana, but I'm healed. So I smell it and I'm not like, Ooh, that smell good. Even though it's skunk and skunk doesn't smell good. I smell it and I'm like, where are they at? Because I'm about to go tell them they can be healed. Where are they? Dude, I was looking. I was looking everywhere. Happened to be walking with the DPS major who was head of narcotics. <laughs> walking together and we're both, he's looking that way and I'm looking that way. Now we're looking for different reasons. But we're still looking. But I'm healed. 
I don't have that issue anymore. So that's the reason we have to deal with one of the reasons. We want to be mature. We want to go, grow. We want to go from glory to glory. We want to go from revelation to revelation. We want to get off that hamster, hamster wheel of being a victim, of saying I can't, and maybe, and what if, and know who we are, and know who we are in Christ, and then push the enemy back. See, a lot of times, guys, we're on the defensive. The enemy comes, and I don't know, I was going to say Cowboys, but I don't know how they're doing this year, but I am a Cowboys fan. Big D in the house. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't shout for any other because we got to, we got to preach a message. I already lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. We're on the defensive. The enemy comes and then we're pushing back and pushing back when in reality, we need to be taking territory. We need to be going out. We can't wait for them to come in. We got to go into the highways and the byways, but we got to make sure our junk is cleaned up. So that when we go out and help people, we're not triggered. We're not still hurt. We're not still broken. What if I was out there helping people and somebody's sparking it up and then it brings on a desire? Do you know how badly the enemy wants to take us out? Because your testimony is power. There's power in your testimony. Romans 12, 2. One day I'm going to preach and it's going to be real calm. And I'm going to be, I don't know when that is, but I'm just speaking that out by faith that one day I'll be like, yes, yes. Somebody record it. Somebody record it when it happens because I want to see it. So Romans 12, 2 says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Stop imitating the world. Stop imitating the deals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life. Guys, I had a horrible experience in my early years. But I can tell you, I have a beautiful life. But I did the hard work. And I'm still doing the hard work. I haven't arrived. I'm in process like everybody else. I deal with my junk as it surfaces. Because it surfaces, it manifests. And I say, search me, God, and know me now. Show me where I'm lacking. Show me where I'm falling short. If I ever think I know it all, I have lost. Ever teachable, ever growing, ever going, ever looking, ever seeking. But we can come to a point to no matter what's happening, you can say, I have a beautiful life. I have a good life. My husband had emergency open heart surgery in December. And I was gripped with fear. While God healed me and saved me, he was a big vessel in how that worked out. And it was literally one day to the next. I felt like I was in shock. And he was going into surgery and I was laying on the bed and I was weeping. Not knowing if it would be the last night I would see him. And he kept telling me, don't cry. Don't cry, honey. Don't cry. He didn't say it this way, but what he told me was to live as Christ and to die as gain. 
He said, two things can happen. Either tomorrow I meet my father or I'm on the road to recovery. And it's a win-win situation. And I said, what about me? I'm going to miss you. I'm going to spend all our money. I said, I'm going to be broke. He's our financial guy. I'm not. And he said, honey. And he was very, he's very quiet. We're totally opposites. He's very quiet, very passive, a man of few words. And he said, honey, whether I live or die, God is good. Don't you ever forget that. And what I'm telling you is life is hard and we have struggles. And sometimes it's a real battle. But the midst of it all, he is good. And he loves you. And you're called with a purpose. And you're called with destiny. Let's deal with our stuff. Let's be real with God and real with one another. The first key is identity. Identifying where you're at in life right now. Search me, God, and know me now. Show me what I might be missing. And then let's walk it out like a family. You have mothers here. You have fathers here. You have sisters. You have brothers. You're not alone. You're not like Elijah and have to hide in a cave. I'm the only one. No, you're not. There's probably five other people in this sanctuary struggling with the same thing you're struggling with. You're not alone. That's the lie of the enemy. You're not alone. We can do this. Not you can do this. We can do this. We can do this as a body. We can get you from here to there by the grace of God and with his help, with his power that comes when we apply the word. So I'm going to ask the prayer partners to come up.